Have you ever thought about hiring a virtual assistant? Today, I'm going to give you the seven steps to hiring and the five steps to onboarding a virtual assistant in your gym business. My name is Chris Cooper, and if this episode is helpful to you, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a five-star review so that we know. And if you really, really loved it, you can just always DM me on Facebook and let me know that too. There have been virtual assistants, VAs, around the fitness industry since they first started becoming popular in the mid-90s. And over the years, we've been approached by a bunch of different VA companies about promoting their service or partnering with TwoBrain. But we've never really felt super comfortable doing that. And there's always been a variety of reasons. Sometimes the VA company wants you to just commit to paying $500 or $1,000 a month, renting the VA's time, and then telling them what to do every week. The problem with that is you've just got another staff person to micromanage who's less efficient than your current staff, uh, and you have to tell them everything in explicit detail. In other cases, VA companies will push the gym owner to do something they don't really need to do because that's what their VAs specialize in. So for example, hey, we've got a great VA who's amazing at TikTok. You should do TikTok. And so the gym owner says, okay, well, I can outsource this but you still run into the same problems. And there are other examples too of people overpaying for something that they could actually get done locally if they wrote out a job description. And finally, a lot of VAs require a lot of micromanaging. So today I'm gonna to go through a couple of different uh, processes with you, some step-by-step -step instructions from our friends at Assistantly. We formed a partnership with Assistantly earlier this year, and I'll walk you through the process of how all of that works. But it took us probably two years of looking before we finally made this deal. And we've tested out these VAs. We have two very specific job roles for them. And I'll illustrate how that works as we go. So the first step is our no BS guide for hiring your first VA. And there are seven steps that I want to walk through with you. Step one, make a list of everything that you do in your business and organize them into categories like administration, operations, sales, marketing, social media. In the Two Brain Business Ramp Up program, you're going to work through an exercise called Roles and Tasks, where you uh, determine exactly all the different hats that you wear in your business and how you do the things when you're wearing those hats. Before you can delegate anything, to a staff person, to a VA, to any, even to software, you need to determine exactly what you want done step-by-step step and how you want it done. If not, either you, know, you hand this off to somebody who isn't properly trained and you micromanage them, or you hire a VA to do it and you micromanage them, or you look at software to solve your problem and you have to micromanage it, okay? So this, the first step is get everything out of your head and onto paper. Determine your roles and tasks. The second thing is you need to determine the value, the replacement value of each one of these roles. So for example, you want to replace the roles that are cheapest to hire for first. So cleaner is a great example. You hire a cleaner first, you pay the cleaner for three hours a week, you reinvest your time during those three hours into a higher value skill. VAs can fill some of these lower value roles for you. Absolutely. They're not going to fill your high value roles like coaching. They're not going to fill your lowest value roles like cleaning, but admin roles, CSM roles, social media, they're perfect for that. Okay. So 
now that you've got this list and you've got what we call the value ladder, which is a breakdown of how much it would cost to replace you in each role, you're ready to go out and hire a VA for the work that you want done. Next, step three, you want to look for somebody that can help you with each section of the business for the stuff that takes you too long, like you know, re- pulling out your metrics out of Zen Planner or whatever, and the stuff that you hate. Okay, so start with the lowest value roles, then the roles that you hate, and then the stuff that requires way too much of your time. Fourth, make a list of the type of traits and qualities that you'd like in a virtual assistant. And you're going to do this by role too. So our example is client success manager. We broke down the client success manager role. We published that role in the Two Brain Business uh, Ramp Up program. So you can just download our job description. We published what that role should be paid or less. So this is in general about an 18 an hour or less role. Then we said, what kind of qualities does this person need? They have to be bright and sunny from the time they wake up in the morning to the time they go to bed at night. They have to be looking for opportunities to celebrate success. They have to be good at conversation. They have to be very right-brained. They think of people's anniversaries. They see when somebody's struggling and they take action on that because I am not that person. Right? I'm a left-brained, I want to see a spreadsheet kind of guy. Okay. Step five is you take this list of roles and tasks and you take these character traits to a VA company and you say, who is the best match here? Now, again, the, the biggest mistake that people do when they're hiring VAs is they think, oh, great, low-budget talent. I'm going to hire them and then I'll just find enough stuff for them to do. I have so many things that keep me busy, I can just hand them off but they don't start with a job description or a list of roles and tasks or a playbook before they hire this person. And then they wind up with somebody else to babysit and supervise all the time. So you take that list of of roles and tasks to a company. Then you say, here are the character attributes that I want. And you let them find the VA for you. Okay. Step six, you interview the people, you interview some options. It shouldn't just be like, oh, here's this one person that matches your list perfectly. You're hiring them. The VA company should still be able to give you some options based on skill sets and personality types. But step six is you need to spend a week onboarding them. So hiring a VA is a lot like hiring somebody local. You have to train them in the job that you want them to do. Having your playbook is a huge necessary critical step of that, but it's not the only step, okay? And then finally, step seven is to treat the VA like an extension of your team and watch your time start freeing up. So if you're having a local staff meeting, I would invite your VA. If you're um, you know, celebrating your team's birthdays with a card and a gift, I would do that with your VA. They are a human. They're not a robot from a different country. You need to treat them as part of your team, but that also means that they're subject to evaluation, they're subject to upgrades, and they have to meet the same standard as somebody else local. Remember, paying somebody less does not mean that you're just looking for like cheap offshore labor, okay? What it means is that you're providing an opportunity to somebody, usually in another country, who might not be able to make the income that they could make working for you. So even though they earn less than somebody else locally does, they should still provide more value than you would get from hiring somebody local instead of just like the discount labor option. And they should be accountable to the same standard as somebody else. You're not just buying a service that's two thirds as good for half the price. Okay. That's really critical. 
So here's how we did this with Assistantly. Uh, we, we broke down two job descriptions where we think a remote, well-trained professional might potentially do as good a job or better as somebody who's local to you. The two job descriptions that we work with Assistantly on are client success manager, because that person doesn't have to be in your gym to be successful, and social media manager, because try as they might, a lot of gym owners just struggle to create content. I've been telling gym owners for well over a decade, they need to create and publish content consistently. They just can't do it. It has to be done. And so instead of investing their time in this, they can choose to invest their money and just have somebody else do it. So there's these two roles. We broke down exactly what each role does. To the CSM, we actually added lead nurture. Then we said, here is exactly how you do lead nurture. So we gave assistantly our sell by chat matrix. We gave them um, videos from our partners like Wattify and Kilo on how to pull, how to use their software when they're doing lead nurture. We added a metrics pull to the CSM job description. And then we said the CSM job should be possible to do in under 20 hours per week. And so we built a price for that. It's a special price for two brain gyms. If you're listening to this and you want to hire a CSM through Assistantly that's trained in two brain processes, trained in um, a lot of different software packages and trained in lead nurture, you can just go to the marketplace on our app and click the Assistantly logo. If you're not in two brain, unfortunately, this partnership is not available to you, but there's still a lot of lessons that you can learn here as you go out and seek VAs on your own. Okay. So the next thing is after you've hired the VA, how do you onboard them? And there are about five instructions here, five steps that you should take. So the first step is um, set up permissions. So you need to set up a business email for your VA. You can own this email address, but you want to have a place for them to come where they can consistently get information from you. Okay. The second is you need to add the VA to every channel or tool that they need to be part of. So for example, if you communicate to your staff with Slack, your VA needs to be in Slack. If you use Kilo, you need to get them set up on Kilo. If you're using Wattify or Zen Planner or something else, you need to get them access to that. You need to give them your login to the TwoBrain app so that they can take your metrics out of Zen Planner every month and put them in the app for you, right? That's a great example of a time task that is simple to do, but it takes you way too much time every month, right? That's something that you could teach a VA to do. The next step is you need to take time to introduce them to your business and you. Introducing them means that you have a relationship with them. If you hire them the first day and then just like never talk to them again, it's like hiring a new staff person locally and then sticking them in the closet having no conversation with them and expecting them to do well. It's, it's just not going to work, okay? Step three, and you can't skip this step, is they need to know your business goals and your business culture. Business goals are critically important. So I'll, I'll tell you one way. When we were doing our test that we screwed this up, we hired a CSM and we said, okay, you're going to be doing lead nurture. And we didn't say the goal of lead nurture is to get people to book a no sweat intro, right? My, my brain just skipped that step and I assumed they would know. So what would happen is people would get into our lead nurture funnel and they'd start texting back and forth with the VA. They'd fill out a form on our website. They would enter our, our CSM, which is Kilo as a lead, our CRM, sorry. And then our CSM would take over and they'd start nurturing this lead. 
But when I look back at his text, it was like, here are our prices, right? We don't do that. It's, hey, do you want to sign up for personal training or a group? We don't do that. We do a no sweat intro. And so it's very important that you tell them your only goal is to get this client to book a no sweat intro, okay? Or if the CSM is working with an existing client, your only goal is to get them to book a goal review. Your only goal is to follow this client journey and reach out at each one of these touch points. You need to tell them exactly what the goal is, not just exactly what to do, okay? It's also important that they know your background, that your vision and your values and your goals and your policies, because when they're talking to future clients, they need that context to understand what they should say. And being good at English, it's not enough. You're good at English. I'm good at English. But if they don't have that context of what you're trying to do, how you're trying to help people, they won't know what to say. And the conversation is going to feel really, really awkward. Okay. They need to know your company structure. Who is everyone and what do they do? They need to know how you will measure success in their role. So for example, a great KPI to give somebody doing lead nurture is calls booked and calls showed. So your goal is to book no sweat intros. We will declare your role a success if we're booking five no sweat intros a month. My job is to get you at least 15 leads per month to work with. And out of those five, at least four have to actually show up. So you're tracking them on set rate and show rate. It's not their job to sell the client. That's whoever is doing your NSIs. You have to give them KPIs on the things that they can control and measure their success. Okay. And then finally, you need to review their key responsibilities with them. So just like you would do with a normal, uh, you know, a regular local person that you hire, you have to say you have 20 hours a week. If there's 25 hours of work ahead of you this week, here is how you prioritize. You do these things first. And I've actually screwed this up. It took us a long time to kind of perfect this system with VAs. And one of the, the hard lessons that I learned was that their priorities might not be my priorities. And so if I say, okay, I want you to spend time doing this. Um, uh, I want you to spend time editing the video, producing the podcast, creating the graphics and posting, they will prioritize you know, the graphics maybe when I prioritize posting. So if they run out of time, they just didn't post to Instagram where I would say post something, even if it's not perfect, instead of like trying to make everything perfect and not posting. Okay. So when you're, when you're onboarding, uh, just one more tip is like include video and screenshots. So it, it takes a long time to type out your processes and procedures and put them in a playbook. You should do that. Absolutely. But this VA, whether they're a native English speaker or not, can probably benefit more from a quick video walkthrough. So for example, when we're training our CSM role through TwoBrain and Assistant Lease Partnership, we give them videos showing them, here's how you use Kilo, here's how you use Wattify. And so now they know where to go to track leads through the pipeline, um, to, to move people to booked in SI or whatever, to pull metrics out, right? They can watch that video over and over again and just do it side by side. And then we give them a video of how to use the TwoBrain app and the TwoBrain dashboard too, okay? So if you've never done this before, you can use like Loom, you can use Zoom, whatever you want to, um, but give them actual video instructions, walking them through it step by step, instead of just getting on a call and telling them or getting on a phone call and telling them, like give them a recording. All right, so step five is this, set clear expectations. You need to give them feedback. 
there, no VA, no assistant, no staff person is ever going to be perfect right out of the box. You need to help them refine themselves as you go. You need to set deadlines and expectations around them. What happens if a deadline gets missed? You need to set up some quality control process. You do not want to micromanage your VA and keep looking over their shoulder 24-7, but you need to do have a process with check-ins that are more frequent at first. So what we did is we said, you should uh, send us an email every day at the beginning and the end of the day saying, here's what I plan to do today and here's what I accomplished. After things are going really well, you can move that maybe to weekly and then eventually maybe even to monthly. Um, the same thing, like you want to also set up expectations around when they should work. Some VAs will think, okay, I'm going to work from nine until 12, my time every day. But that's not really when leads come in, right? You want to set them up to work when they are going to be most needed. And you should do that in fractional time if you can too. Um, tell them how performance is going to be managed. Give them uh, a list of priorities, like take this first. No matter what happens, you do this first. These are the keys. And again, it's really like you need to get any role or job out of your head and onto paper before you hire anybody, not just a VA. Also, when you're looking at VAs, you shouldn't just look at how can I get the same labor for a cheaper price or what am I willing to sacrifice to pay less for this role? What you need to do is say, how can I hire somebody who can do this better than I can or fill a gap that isn't getting done in my business? And then what should I expect to pay? In some cases, you should pay a virtual assistant what you would pay somebody who's working in your town or even more because you're still getting value. If they're providing uh, a higher value service than you can do yourself, or they're better at it than somebody in your town, then outsource your VA. Hiring a VA is not all about saving money. It's about acquiring value. You can, um, you can invest your time in stuff, or you can invest your money in stuff. If all you're looking for is like, how can I get somebody to do admin for five or six bucks an hour? Then by all means, go on like Fiverr. But you're not going to get high quality labor. Instead, what you need to do when you're thinking about a VA is approaching this from a value perspective and saying, what is the best ROI that I can actually get from hiring a virtual assistant? Can I get a better ROI from hiring locally? And if I am going to go the virtual assistant route, how do I maximize my ROI either by getting very high quality or by getting the same quality at a slightly lower rate? You never say, what's the cheapest I can hire somebody because you might it's going to be more work than just doing it yourself. Okay. So start with the value ladder, do your roles and tasks, do your playbook, onboard properly, train them in the systems. We've done a lot of this for you at TwoBrain. If you're a TwoBrain client, go to our marketplace and check out the partnership with Assistantly. But I hope this helps you. I really, really think that if you're running an owner-operator business like a gym, you can probably outsource a lot more than you currently are doing. A lot of roles don't require like local participation or local attendance to work. CSM is one of those roles. Social media manager is another, but do your homework and be prepared to actually bring a real staff member on. Hope this helps. If it does, please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast and send me a DM to request more. That was Chris Cooper on Two Brain Radio. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. Now, Coop's back to close it out. We created the Gym Owners United Facebook group in 2020 to help entrepreneurs just like you. 
Now it has more than 5,600 members, and it's growing daily as gym owners join us for tips, tactics, and community support. If you aren't in that group, what are you waiting for? Get in there today so we can network and grow your business. That's Gym Owners United on Facebook or gymownersunited.com. Join today.